I got my first British Champs title, yeah, it was brilliant and it's a moment that you're not going to forget, but I want more of them. I lived a childhood of always hating wheelchairs. Walking meant that I was constantly attached to an adult or a friend. I was always holding someone's hand. When I got in the race chair, I could just go. I didn't have to ask for help from anyone around me. To actually, hopefully, get the opportunity to go to Commonwealth Games and it be a home one, that would just be incredible. You're listening to the England Athletics podcast. This is the first show of the new year. And it features not one, but two athletes with great hopes on what we're calling the journey to 2022. Our featured chat is with Jess Mayho, British Hammer champion, was so in 2019 and 2020, who, as you just heard, has big ambitions of doing well at this summer's Commonwealth Games. As well as that, you'll hear from the seven-time Paralympic champion Hannah Cockcroft. She's been describing her story as part of a wider feature with a wheelchair racer that's going to be across England Athletic's social media channels in the coming months. First to Jess Mayho, who, in throwing within reach of 70 metres, has improved by 3 metres compared to the end of the 2019 season, and 6.5 compared to the year before. That seems like a good starting point for our chat. Jess, hope you're doing well. What are your reflections at the moment on the progress that you've made over the last few seasons because it's been really terrific to see. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me on the podcast as well. I saw James had done one and uh, another Northerner on the podcast. You're doing well. (laughs) Yeah, like last couple of seasons, obviously everyone's experienced COVID and the challenges that that brought. But last year was a really solid season and kind of saw me where I should have been maybe the season before really. But saying that, consistency started to come, um, which is really important for those bigger distances as well. It was a good season, but yeah, I'm not happy at just that. Like, we build on there now and I'm looking forward to what I can do in 2022. Yeah, it's often said that with athletes who keep on improving and setting PBs, for us reacting, it's like, wow, another PB. But for you, perhaps that's something that you expected of yourself maybe you're you're working harder in training than ever before so your thoughts on that whether you expected to see so many pbs one after the other yeah i think i'd changed my training setup coming into the 2020 season so around may time but obviously that coincided with the with covid as well so i was a very strong athlete but my actual throwing technique was probably my actual weakness It's been a period now of about 18 months of really, really working on that technique and seeing the changes. And sometimes when you're so in it, you don't really clock the changes. And it was only a couple of weeks ago, I was looking back on videos from um, a year ago. And and then you're like, okay, just give yourself a break. Like you are, you are improving, but it's just getting your head around the fact that it is a process and it's something that is going to take time, like with all technical events. Yeah, because it is a very complex technical event and one that athletes tend to excel at often a little bit later in their careers, definitely later in their careers than events like sprints. But it seems like when you get everything right, then medals are up for grabs, as we've seen with the likes of of Nick Miller and Sophie Hitchens. So your, your thoughts on just how complex it is to get your head around? 
Yeah, I mean, I think when I first started it, I just thought it was like really strong people throwing a ball on a wire. <laughs> and now I do it. I'm like, okay, fair play. There's so much more to it. And I think although I'm 28, only in the last two years have I really got a deeper understanding of my throw. And yeah, it's been really good to obviously have had Sophie there flying the flag for women's hammer throwing. And, you know, the depth in women's hammer throwing now is is really extensive. That's brilliant. Like it makes all of us just not become complacent. And even if you're top of the rankings or top five, like there's always people chasing you, you right behind and you, you've got to push on and everyone's on their own path, of course. But it's brilliant that we've had such good role models in, in Nick and in Sophie and, you know, Taylor's come through now. And um, it was really good to see, obviously, them both at the Olympics there, Taylor and Nick for Hammer Throwing. So, yeah, it, I'm in, I guess, good company. <laughs> yeah, Sophie Hitchin, of course, retiring not that long ago. Her injuries over the last couple of years have coincided with you becoming British champion. What was that like for you as a, as a kind of personal moment for those close to you, your friends, your family and, and yourself? When I first did my first British champs, um, Sophie was throwing. I didn't even make it through the top eight to go for the next three throws. And I just remember seeing like how good she was throwing and that just seemed so far from where I was but not in a negative place really, just something that I can strive towards. And yeah, like I guess when I got my first British Champs title, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. It's a moment that you're not going to forget, but I want more of them. Like I'm not going to just settle at the British Champs. Like I want to push on to other major champs as well. And hopefully this year we've got, you know, we've got three major champs and I want to be a part of all three of them. So do you think that winning the British title was the big watershed moment or do you look back at other times maybe your first international call-up as something that really made you believe? Yeah I think obviously it's great to get those titles and it's brilliant to see you know your hard work paying off and being able to compete at a championship which is really important. I don't think it defines you I didn't win the British Champs this year. It's not defined me as a thrower. You know, it's added fuel to the fire. Like when I first got my first England call up, that was 2015, I think. Um, and that was just out to Portugal. Um, and yeah, like each one I feel grateful for because your body's managed to get you there in one piece and you never take it for granted like any titles or any vests that you wear and, it, and it's an honour every time that you pull it on that kind of spurs you through the winter training months and knowing that hopefully you're doing everything you can to get that position where you do get another call up for a, a champs or an international. Yeah and in particular you represented Great Britain at the European Team Championships I suppose for you, it was still a hammer competition. Yes, you're part of the British team, but you knew what you had to do in effect. What were your thoughts on that competition? That was a learning curve. That was a really strong learning curve. And although at the time with the results, I was just so disappointed. There was so much to take from it. And I think that going back to, you know, the British champs and not having a competition that defines you, it is right when it comes to when you've not really placed where you want to place or think you should have placed with the work that you've put in. As I say, it's a team champs and I knew that I was going in 
ranked, I was meant to be getting three points or two points or whatever it was at the time, I can't remember. And I knew that that's what I needed to do to have fulfilled my place on the team. If I could get more, brilliant, but that was the, you know, the bare minimum to, to have felt like I've actually done my job on the team. I had a rocky competition. It was normally like at the winter throws, the European winter throws, you get six straight throws. But at the team champs, it was just three throws. And then I think it was the top five or top six got another throw. And my first throw was another throw. My second throw was another throw. So the pressure was on and I knew that I needed to get some points for the team because it could just come down to one point at the end of the two days. So yeah, I dropped back from four turns to three turns, which is not what I do. But I knew that I just needed to get that, that hammer into the sector and get a valid throw. And I did and I got the points and it was kind of not looking at my own personal gain from that competition. It, it was just what can I do for the team when I put myself in that scenario. And, you know, you have your other competitions where it's just about you and your performance. But when it is a team champs, it is for the team. Yeah, it's really interesting because I've watched occasions like that where someone has three throws and, and two have X's next to the name. And you think, particularly in that competition, OK, I wonder whether the athlete will go all out because they know if it's a really top athlete that one great throw is all they need and they could go right to the top of the leaderboard or they try and get some points. And that, yeah, as you say, really tough uh, mental learning curve. Uh, just to touch on that, that moment in the circle, I mean, people who haven't performed in that way, it's almost like if you're going up on stage to do something completely different, it could be public speaking or drama or stand-up comedy, whatever you're good at, it's just your moment in the circle. Some people like to have a bit of music. Some people like the choir or, or some people really feed off the crowd. What are you like at that moment? Obviously, the team champs, um, there wasn't really a crowd because of where we were in the COVID regulations and like the European winter throws, you've got the other competitors there. But I guess that's something that, well, that is something that we are working on this season is to have more exposure in competition venues where it's busy, it's hectic, it's got a crowd to get used to that. There isn't heaps of that um, in the UK. So obviously, you know, we will go abroad for that. And it's just looking at each their own, you know, that's my area of development. Other people have different areas and it's how you utilise the crowd and react to the crowd. And I need to prep for that, you know, to then be in the best position when I do go to hopefully future champs as well. But yeah, like some people can really, a crowd really like revs them up. Some people, it can hinder them. And that's when like the mental work behind the scenes with psychologists and stuff comes into play and the team champs challenged me definitely but we then headed back to training and we went on and did another competition and then headed back to training and it was probably the best thing that happened in a way because we just took it right back down to basics of my throw that was quite a turning point then the latter part of my season in 21 got stronger got com more consistent in the in the circle and the distances came with that and you know sometimes it's just reining it back in and not looking for the outcome you know just look, focusing on what I'm doing in the circle and then the distance the outcome will will come off the back of that that's Leeds and Loughborough based hammer thrower Jess Mayho formerly of Bingley and now a Birchfield Harrier Later, you'll hear her explain why she was chasing cows out of fields during lockdown. You did hear that correctly. 
Now, also with Commonwealth Games ambitions is Hannah Cockcroft. In fact, it was said that she nearly cried when she found out that her T34 classification would be part of the Birmingham event. As you know, gold is the only colour she aims for. For the next few minutes, here is Hannah describing her very beginnings in the sport in her own words. Have a listen. First introduction to athletics was at school. Um, it was at secondary school. I was in about year eight, so maybe about 13, 14 years old. Um, and athletics started for me by learning to do the seated discus in PE. It was one of the only things that I could do and join in with in PE lessons because it was easily adaptable. So, you know, the rest of the class would stand up and they would throw a discus and I could sit down. And aside from the teacher having to go and collect the discus and the fact that I could throw it probably double the, the length anybody else could, there was no difference between me and anyone else. And yeah, that's kind of what made me fall in love with athletics was the fact that I could be the same and I could be just as good as everyone else. That was kind of athletics for me. It was just a throws event. That's all I did. But it filled my summer PE lessons for a very, very long time. I was invited to represent Yorkshire at the school games. And I went there. I won a silver medal for my school when I was... 14 years old and that was the first place that I ever saw wheelchair racing so I was in the infield uh, doing the discus and there was wheelchair races happening around me I'd never seen the sport never heard of it never really considered giving it a go um, off the back of the school games I was invited to a talent ID day with British Athletics and I went along I went and tried other throwing events so shot put the javelin and wheelchair racing was there so being a girl from Yorkshire, my dad was pretty adamant that I would try every single sport and wheelchair racing was one of those. And my initial feeling about wheelchair racing was I just wasn't interested at all. I saw the race chairs. I thought it looked really uncomfortable. I didn't want to get in, but I didn't really get a choice. My dad made me get in that chair. And that was it for me. I instantly absolutely loved it as soon as I got in that chair. And from there, I was lucky enough, actually, pretty much immediately after it, um, to be invited up to the house of Dr Ian Thompson. Um, so Ian is the husband of Baroness Tanny Gray Thompson, one of the most successful female Paralympians in our country. And yeah, kind of went up to his house the following week and was lent a racing chair and, you know, taught how to push and taught all the, the very basics of wheelchair racing. So I was really, really lucky that that was my first insight into wheelchair racing. And I think from there, they say the rest is history. <laughs> When I first really wanted to get involved in wheelchair racing, I was lucky enough to head over to Leeds City Athletic Club. Leeds have their own wheelchair racing team, which was something that I didn't have much more locally. So I'm from Halifax in Yorkshire. I made the, the 40 minute journey over every Thursday with my dad, just basically to, to meet people that did my sport and to really learn the basics. Coach there, Paul Mosley, was absolutely fantastic from the get go. He was really enthusiastic and Ultimately, I think the most important thing for me was he always remembered that it was fun. You know, whether you want to be a Paralympic champion or you just want to go and give it a go, the fun can never leave the sport. And Paul never, ever, still never, ever forgets that. Going to the club, it was great to be surrounded by beginners like myself, but also a few people that were a bit more experienced. So a few of the guys there were able to do laps with me sit with me and, and teach me the technique a little bit more easily because they could show me how they were doing it themselves. Actually, just being surrounded by people like yourself who love the sport as much as you do made the sessions so much easier and so much quicker because the competition and the fun element was always, always there. Um, 
so yeah I was really really lucky that that was my first club and will always be my lifelong club what hooked me initially was just the immediate feeling of freedom I lived a childhood of always hating wheelchairs so I tried to walk everywhere that I could um, walking meant that I was constantly attached to an adult or a friend. I was always holding someone's hand. I was always asking for help. When I got in the race chair, I could just go. I was independent. I didn't have to ask for help from anyone around me. I could go quick. I didn't have to be careful. I didn't have to slow down. Or what I thought was quick on my first go uh, probably would feel very, very slow now. And I could actually go for a long time. I could go around and around and around the track as many times as I could. Uh, which again was probably not as many times as I go around it now but at the time it was a lot of laps and it was just that feeling of independence that I never really felt that I'd felt before Um, and it was my first time feeling it getting in a racing chair and I think getting in and feeling all those different things and, and feeling free totally overrode the feeling of uncomfortable seating positions and and everything else that comes to wheelchair racing I loved being able to go fast and loved the feeling of being able to do it by myself well, I think you'll agree with me that was quite powerful stuff from Hannah Cockcroft, especially when she used the word freedom when racing as a kind of antithesis opposite to growing up hating wheelchairs. Keep an eye out. More of her thoughts will be on the England Athletics social channels in the coming months. Why not follow us if you don't already? Now, as promised, more of, as you're clearly aware by now, the delightful Jess Mayhoe, this time telling us the story of the improvisation that was needed to keep throwing during lockdown, involving a construction company who support her. Honestly, Sutcliffe Construction have just been brilliant. I'm sure you've talked to many athletes before and to try and find funding when you're not on like the World Class Performance Programme or on any kind of um, funding, trying to balance like a full-time job and everything else that comes with it. To have a company that back you, they believe in you, they support you on and off the field was just, it's been amazing. They've been on board since 2015 and without them, I wouldn't have been able to have probably got through a number of those years um, financially. So for that, I'm, I'm grateful. And then, yeah, they pulled a blinder when it came to the lockdown. Obviously, when you could travel for a walk and things like that and I was able to then travel to their HQ I'd sent them the dimensions of what I would need and yeah they produced a wooden diamond so to say and yeah I was thrown in a field where it had cows on one side and it had a fence post on the other so my sector was so narrow which was great practice because it meant that I was had to try and get it in the actual sector so the start of the session we would be chasing cows out the field my parents would be there they'd be taking tarpaulin off the wood when it was raining so but yeah like obviously the rain on the wood would be slippy so it was a proper team it was a team job there and I was really fortunate that I could actually throw some hammers I know the people couldn't and you know for that I was so grateful for yeah and as someone who works and does athletics you also kind of need support from your job as well just tell me a little bit about your background in in that way and and what you do and how you combine it yeah um it's hectic but it's it's the life I've chosen and and I love that so I'm business and events manager at Leeds University we've got a sports park there and so it's quite a large portfolio of 
pitches, grass, artificial. And uh, yeah, I look, I look after all the bookings, the events, corporate events. The university and like my immediate co-workers and manager have been brilliant, really understanding. They allow some flexibility there. That helps heaps. And I think one thing that obviously COVID showed when we all had to work from home was that I could actually work from home. So to do my job remotely, some people, it's not for them. They don't like to work at home. I love it. It's quiet and I can just crack on. The University of Leeds have been, been brilliant in helping me work full-time hours and try to train like a full-time athlete. So yeah, it's going good. So that's what you're doing and you say it's going good. You mentioned earlier about the, the major championships coming up this year. In particular, I want to talk about the Commonwealth Games. It's a home championships. It's something that the standard is uh, 65 metres. There's something that you already have many times so just tell me about your feelings heading into the Commonwealth in particular. Yeah I think you know it's one thing throwing the standard or throwing the standard many a times but I need to throw further this year and I fully anticipate I can do that. The standard is a number of girls that have thrown that standard and yeah I need to push on from where I was last year and we know at the moment we're, we're in a position to do that to have a home Commonwealth Games I've never gone to a Commonwealth Games so to actually hopefully get the opportunity to go to Commonwealth Games and it be a home one that would just be incredible we actually find out whether we've been selected on the day of my birthday so uh-huh. it <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed, it will be good news. But yeah, like my throws last year were consistently over the qualifying mark. However, it's a small team and I've just got to push on from where I was last year. Yeah, it's a trick because when people ask you what you want for your birthday, you kind of say, well, I'm not sure it's something you can directly give me. Well, unless there's anything else that you're after, such as new equipment or anything like that. (laughs) Oh, hopefully just that phone call, I'd take that. So how do you think people would describe you then in terms of your personality, people outside, let's say, athletics? What would they say about you? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I'm a bit loud, but in a good way. I hope it's in a good way anyway. Yeah, I'm just trying to be happy, just trying to be positive, you know. And it's so easy to always say, oh, just try to be positive. But, you know, I'm very lucky and very fortunate for what I've got for the position I'm in. I work hard to be in that position, but I'd like to just think I'm a good vibe to be around. <laughs> I don't know. I hope people will probably maybe say different, but yeah, that's what I'd like to think anyway. It's, I feel it's important to throw a kind of non-athletics question in there because you get an idea of often what drives someone to their success in track and field itself. You know, we've talked about the fact that just making the standards isn't what you're looking for. and the fact that you're well over the standard suggests higher expectations. I suppose that 70 metre mark might be something that you're looking towards. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think if you were to ask maybe like my colleagues or my friends, my close friends, family, you know, I'm driven and I'm determined. And, you know, when it comes to hammer throwing, I've always said I'm going to get to a point where I've either stopped loving what I do because it's a hard lifestyle to maintain if you don't love what you do. Or I feel like I've reached my capabilities in the throne world but I don't think well I'm definitely not either of them to be determined and you know to be as structured as life is at the moment 
to and from between Leeds and Loughborough, where I'm training, Leeds for work and some training. So yeah, it's it's hectic, but it's good. I'm just fortunate to to be in the position I am in, really. And uh, we're very lucky to have you uh, chat to us. Really appreciate you doing so and wish you best of luck for this year. Thanks very much. Oh, thanks so much, Alex. Well, thanks to Jess Mayho for coming on the podcast. Same to Hannah for chatting to us at England Athletics. Please do subscribe to the show. We're on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple and Google. Keep up to date with social media, guidance, news and a wealth of other resources on the website. There's lots more to come, of course. For now, thanks very much for listening and stay safe.